Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. And it says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of the goods that fall on me. So he divided it to them, his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possession with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent them into his field to feed the swine or the pigs. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. This is where we landed at last week. But when he came to himself, this is the, the to be continued. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise, I will go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against you, against heaven, before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Watch the answer that the father gives him when he sees him. He says, and he arose, the prodigal son arose, and he came to his father. But when he was still, everybody say, a great way off, a great way off. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Look at the response of the father. He doesn't even address the son. He says, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring me the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry hey over the next few minutes i'm hoping you're taking notes i, I want to speak to you from this idea you can't break god part two you can't break god part two come on would you pray with me dear king we love you as we look at the picture of who your son is, Lord, how miraculous, how filled with grace, how filled with mercy he is. We know that he is a resemblance and he only does what he sees the Father do. And Father, we know that you're filled with mercy. We know that you're filled with grace. Father, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us, Father, I pray in Jesus' name to be able to see the restoration that you provided. That through your son, Jesus Christ, today we have access to a relationship with you. Father, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on all over this place. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? Come on, greater church. Would you put your hands together and make some noise for Jesus? Amen. You can't break God. Last Sunday, we talked about this story, and for the last few weeks, we've kind of been in this Luke chapter 15 area, unpacking this chapter, and we've talked about the parable of the lost sheep, and how there was a hundred sheep, one left, he went after the one, and he left the 99, an example set for me and for you, the 10 coins, one is lost, and the woman, she sweeps, she turns on the light, and she searches everywhere for this coin, an example for me and for you, and then here it is that he's talking to two groups, 
Remember that this is a story that he's telling. He's talking to the religious Pharisees, the ones that were saying, why are you hanging with sinners? And then he's talking to the sinners. Both of them are now standing here in a group and he begins to tell this familiar story that we've heard time and time again. Last week we saw how this individual known as the prodigal son, how he tells the father, give me what I haven't earned. Once you give me what I haven't earned, the father gives him what he hasn't earned. A picture of God and the gospel of Jesus. How the things that we deserve and the things that we earn aren't the things that God gives us. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says that the wages of sin, if you go to a job, you're going to get a paycheck. When you get that paycheck, that's your payment for the job that you did for our life. The things that I've done wrong in my life, I deserve death. But how beautiful is it that God doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us the complete opposite. He turns us into his son, Jesus Christ. All of our sins get pinned on the cross. It wasn't that Jesus just died for us. It's that Jesus died as us. We should have been on the cross. But in a beautiful exchange, God gives us his righteousness and he takes our sins. The Bible says that he goes out there, he spends his life, and then he gives the father what the father didn't deserve. He spent all of his money, he spent all of his livelihood, and then he found himself at point break where it was that the Bible says, and then he came to himself. And we had this thought that what happens in that moment when you come to yourself, and beautiful to watch over this room, as well as online individuals who had went through greater.church connect and they raised their hand digitally as well as physically and we saw decisions of men and women that gave their life to Jesus they finally came to themselves they finally said yo I've been running for so long I need to come to myself and I need to turn back to Jesus but we picked this story up with the prodigal son beginning to say I'm ready to go back to the father I, I need to make a decision because here I am. Now I'm feeding pigs and I'm looking at the food that I feed the pigs. Understand that a Jewish child in that culture, for him to even touch the food, for him to even touch a pig was unclean. Like he shouldn't have been doing that. But here it is. Not only is he touching something that was unclean, but he's actually thinking, yo, I would eat that right now. I, we've been there. I, I've been there in my life. I've gotten so far from God. I've done things my way for so long that I found myself settling for the small, minute things. I found myself saying, I got to live in this dysfunction because this is the only thing that God has for me. And I've settled. It was beautiful. As we watched our sister Brianna explain that for some of us, we found ourselves in our comfort zone where we just allowed for just the, the things that have been broken around us for it just to be the normal. You know what that's like. Everybody in here had this car. Everybody had this car that you know that your window didn't work. And back in the days, we had this thing that you would actually grab your hand and you move it in a circle. Crazy. And the window would go up or down. But there were some times, you remember, Jason, when that window, that junk didn't work and it would get stuck. And what would we do? We'd get a little piece of paper or a pencil and we put it in there. Nobody. It was just me. I had the broken car. You remember, Lid. That one car that you used to have to pray in, right? Akuna Matata used to hit that junk six, seven times because it's the number of the Lord. Seven times, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right now, Jesus, start the car. And you start speaking in tongues because you had your way of doing that. You know, the door of the car that you had the door, you couldn't just close the door of the car. Like you had to grab the car, you had to lift it a little bit, bam, and then close the door. But instead of ever taking that thing to get fixed or the window to get fixed or the car to get fixed because we had no money, we lived in that dysfunction for so long. And what happens is that we adapt that to our life. And there are things that are broken in our life, things that we never fix, things that we never talk to anybody about, things that we just say, yo, it happens and I'm a grown man and I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to walk through life because I already told God and we live with these dysfunctional things in our life and we find ourselves sitting there wishing that we can eat what the pigs eat. 
When in reality, the Bible says he comes to himself and he says, yo, even my father's servants have bread to spare. And here I am trying to eat what's left. The Bible says he comes to himself and he begins to say, I'm going to go to the father. I'm going to tell the father, hey, dad, he begins to write this letter. Dad, dear father, I love you so much in Jesus name. And father, I, he just sitting there writing a letter. He pens it, finally gets to a place where he's just like, father, I, I, I know I've messed up and I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. And, and father, I, I know that I, I, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. This looks good. I'm going to put a little bit of touch on this and you're awesome. I love your eyes, dad. Have you lost weight? Oh my God. Puts all of this stuff on there. He folds his letter up and he begins to walk towards his father. The picture of the gospel is illustrated in such a beautiful way here for so many of us because the Bible says that he takes this idea that I'm going to come to the father. I'm going to repent, which is important. It's vital for you to do in the context of your own personal life. Or regardless how far you went, there has to come a point where you turn from your sins, you turn from the things that you did, you turn from the dysfunction, and you turn towards God. There's a decision. You come to yourself. There's a decision in your heart. But then there's a step that you got to take. The Bible says that he takes this step. And as he begins to journey, he's thinking to himself, I got a long way to go. The same way that we do. When we make mistakes, before I got saved, I thought I had to go to church. I got to pay tithe. You know, I got to be a member of the church. I got to serve on a team. God, I got to stop smoking, drinking. I got to stop doing all of these stuff. I can't curse no more. I can't do any of those things because once I clean myself up and I do all of those things, then I could give my heart to God. It's like you got to pay God with your good works for you, to be able to, for you to be able to receive salvation. You feel like you got such a long road ahead of you. Man, I got I to gotta read my Bible the way that I used to read my Bible. I got to pray the way that I used to pray. I, you, you have this long road that you put ahead of God, but the Bible says that while he was still a far way off, the father saw him. Not only did the father see him, but I know that Jesus said these words and I know he was intentional in the way that he said it. He said, not only did he run, the father saw the son, he ran after him, but he kissed him on the cheek. I want you to understand that Jewish men in this culture were not running for nobody. If you are a Jewish man and you began to run towards somebody, then that means that that person that you ran after is more important than you. And for them, they were filled with such honor that turned to pride, but they were filled with such honor that they would never find themselves running after anybody. But yet Jesus, knowing the crowd that was along in front of him, spoke to the Pharisees and explained to them, look at the heart of the father, that he would get himself outside of his dignity and his pride, and he would actually step into a place of compassion to chase after the son, speaking to those believers, those men and those women who are not only in this room 2,021 years later, but also speaking to those people that were there that were so far from God that they would think to themselves, somebody would run after me? Somebody will come chase me. You know how much dirt I've done. You know how much, how messed up I am. And you're telling me that you're religious, that a father would leave his comfort of dignity and honor and would chase me. Could you imagine the minds of these individuals that were like, yeah, not my daddy. And what he was explaining to them is that this is a story of your, of your real dad. The Bible says that he tells them the father sees him and he kisses him. And the son begins his thing. Let me pull out my letter. Father, I, I come before you right now. I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am, I told you you look skinny. Oh my God, you look amazing. I don't know what you did with your hair. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Lord, please make me like one of your hired servants. And the father, with eyes of grace. Yo, think about this for just a second. 
the son has taken all the money from the dad that he never earned. But the father said, you know what? I'm going to give you your allotment. I'm going to give you your little bit of money. He has spent it in prodigal living. Like prodigal living means just wasteful living. Like he just wasted the money. I don't know what he did with it. It was the big brother that said he wasted it on harlots, a.k.a. prostitutes. But the brother wasn't there, or was he? I'm going to leave that alone. But it was the brother that said that he was with prostitutes. It wasn't the father and it wasn't the son. So we don't know how he wasted it, but we do know that he wasted all of the money. He spent everything that he had. He dishonored his father by leaving his father's home. He had responsibility. He was the youngest one. So he had a job to do. There were things that he needed to do. But he disrespected the father and he walks away from the father to go do his own thing. Like, I'm talking about paint the picture of what this looks like. This look, he got to pay. You got to get back to work. Like, you, there's some stuff that you need to do. Like, you messed up pretty bad. But the father turns around. He looks at him square in the face. He turns his face and he looks at the servants and he says, I want you to go get me the best robe. Go get me a ring and give me sandals for his feet. He doesn't even address the repentance that he gave. He begins to clothe the son. Watch this. He grabs and he says, I don't want you to just get me a robe. I want you to give me the best robe. But dad, I, I smell like pig. I, I've been walking on a journey. Yo, I haven't taken a shower. Yo, I've been hanging out all night. I've been dealing with the pig's food and this nastiness. Like, I look at what I smell like and the father doesn't even pay attention to it. The Bible says that the father goes and he says, give him his best robe. But father, I smell like sin. I smell like shame. I have all of this. I don't care what you smell like. I'm going to place on you the best robe that's going to cover all of your stench, all of your sins. Can I tell you that when the Bible says that it is the robe that he clothed them with, that robe is significant or it's, it means righteousness he puts on the sun the very righteousness of God I'm gonna cover your sins but Chino that's great for the prodigal son what about me because I still feel like I smell yesterday I still feel like I smelled what I did 10 years ago what I did on Saturday night what I did four weeks ago I still feel like I smell that stuff on me like I still feel it carrying me can I tell you that God wants to put not just a robe but the best robe on you I wish that you guys would get this scripture and lit if you can help me I didn't put it on the notes but first Corinthians Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 the reason why I keep bringing it up is because I want you to memorize this because when you're at the door of sin when you're about to take a step and do something that you know you ain't got no business doing you need to come to a space that tells you he who knew no sin became sin so that I might become the righteousness of God meaning that Jesus has removed the penalty of death hell the grave sin over your life and he's exchanged it and made you the righteousness of God it's hard for you to step into sin when you look in the mirror and you say that is the righteousness of God it's hard for you to step into something that you ain't got no business doing when you understand that you have been clothed with the best robe that God has completely not only forgiven your sins but he's forgotten your sins in exchange for your sins he's put Jesus's righteousness on you for some of us in this room we just need to hear this one word this is, I believe this is the word that the whole message, I felt like at the very beginning, I haven't preached at all. I've been teaching too much. I need to scream and yell. I got to get it out of my system. But what I, what I want you to understand is I feel like God, there's a word for you. Here's the word for you. Listen to me. If you're watching online, listen to me. But yo, God is okay with you. Like you're good with God. Like the righteousness of Jesus, you didn't earn that. That wasn't something that you earned. That's something that was given to you by God himself. Meaning, you're good. Stop sitting there wearing, figuring, I, you know, I can't do this because, you know, I did that. 
Stop allowing the stink of your shame of yesterday continue to bind you. Yeah, but you know, I just didn't. Yo, stop. The Bible says he has placed his best robe on you. Yo, you're good with God. Not only are you good with God, yo, God is good with you. I came here to give you a word today. For those of you that you have turned, you're no longer in the pigsty, you're no longer feeding the pigs, but you have come to your senses and you have said, Dad, you know what? I've messed up. Even in my father's house, the servants have bread to spare. And you have turned and you started on the journey. You took a step and the father met you with a big sloppy kiss, as Kim Walker says. At that very moment, Romans 10, 9, you confessed with your mouth and you believed in your heart. Yo, you are good with God. God loves you. He's honored by you. He's excited about you. He has so many plans and things that he wants to do. Jeremiah 29, 11, we just spread it over Marcus, but it's over your life as well. The God, I know the plans that I have for you. I know how I want to give you a good future. I want to bless you. God's righteousness over you, you don't deserve it. But it's something that God gives you. You're, you're good. Like I wish God could come down and just say, like he said to Jesus, this is my well-beloved daughter or son. I am well-pleased in them. I felt, promise you, while I was doing this message, I felt like God wanted to tell some of y'all, it should free you. Stop thinking that you and God, yeah, but I, I messed up too much. I got to pay a little bit more. I got to go to church a little bit more. I got to read a little bit more. I got to sing a little. I got to stop turning off. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. Yo, it's not about what you got to. It's about what he did. It was the blood of Jesus that passes and surpasses all of your sin, shame, and guilt. It's the robe of Jesus that he puts on him. He didn't tell him to go take a shower. He didn't tell him, I need you to clean him up and hey, get me a hose. He just said, go get me the best robe right now. Dirty, stinky, the way you look like. That's what salvation looks like. That it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past looked like. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. That there is a time in your life when you come to your senses, where you turn from your wicked ways. And at that very moment, God wraps you and he clothes you in the best robe. Put the best robe on. I don't care what you smell like. Put the best robe on. But not only do I want you to put the best robe on, I want you to put a ring on his finger. Now, the ring is indicative. That very ring is indicative of the family name. Meaning, for you to carry that ring, it just doesn't mean that you're a part of the family because there's cousins in the family that don't carry the ring. There's family friends in the family that don't carry the ring. There's uncles that won't carry that ring. But it's the children the closest part of them, of the father and the mother, the children, the sons and the daughters, those are the ones that carry the ring. Because for you to carry the ring, that means that you carry authority. Because with the ring, what was significant of it at that time, wherever you went, if you had the signet of the ring, number one, it meant that you were royalty. So it wasn't that you just had a regular old family. If you carried a ring, it meant that your family meant something, that they had a little bit of prestige. And if you had that ring, it meant that all the prestige that your family carries, that authority that your family carries, you also carry now. That whenever you step into a store, if you show the ring, it's not that you have to produce money to purchase something. They know his face is clean. His dad is okay. I know his dad. Like, I know who he is. Like, he's all right. You can walk into certain spaces and people will protect you without you even knowing about it because they see the ring on your hand. Because the ring means authority. Yo, how much more for you and for I, who Jesus has not only clothed us with his robe, which has given us righteousness, he's made us right before God, but he's also given us his authority. 
that there are spaces that we walked into that when we walked on the KSU campus yesterday and we were able to pray for some people and when Patrice laid a hand on them and they began to speak the word over their life and when Bentley began to speak a word over their life that the things that we spoke into the atmosphere in the spiritual, God began to do in the physical. If we see them one day come through these doors or if we never see them again, I believe that there is a God in heaven who not only honored our words, but I believe that there are spiritual forces. I believe that there are principalities that there are powers that have submitted to the words that you prayed because of the authority that God has given us because of the name that we carry, the name of Jesus and the signet ring that we have in his authority. That now, when your son is sick, you don't just have to worry about going getting NyQuil or taking them to the doctor or giving them antibiotics. But before you do any of that stuff, that you have an authority which has been given to you by Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19, 28, 18, he says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. That very authority he has given to us by way of the Holy Spirit. Then now you can lay your hands on the child and believe that he's going to be healed. That you can speak the word and you can believe that they're going to be healed. It wasn't three weeks ago, Marshall, what was it when you were having the back issues? About three weeks ago? Two weeks ago. About two weeks ago, we needed Marshall to help me out with some stuff. And I called Marshall and I said, Marshall, how you feeling? He's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm messed up. I've been in bed all day. My back has been jacked up. And I was like, dang, okay, cool. Like, I don't care about what you do. I care about who you are. So at that moment, I was like, okay, Marshall, don't worry about it. How, you know, what, what's going on? He's like, my lower back, I don't know. I, pr I pulled, I strained something. And I said, well, listen, I believe that God can heal you where you are. There was no music. We didn't have one either bottom in the back. We didn't have, it was just, it was just God, the Holy Spirit. That's it. It was just us. And we, on the phone, it wasn't in front of us. We just talked. And at that moment, we prayed. And I believe Marshall his faith was up, my faith was up, and we believed. And immediately after we had the conversation, I said, Marshall, would you check your hand? Would you check your back to see if it hurts? Marshall, did your back hurt? Has your back been good? Come on, can y'all make some noise? That was Jesus. Please, look, look. Yo, don't hear it. Don't get it twisted. I want y'all to go to my cash app and send me $7.99 if you want to partake in this miracle. Yo. I'm an idiot, bro. You know how many mistakes, you know how many times Lydia has to tell me to pick after myself? Amen. Yo, you know how many times I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, dang, I forgot to pray in the afternoon? Yo, I, I'm not perfect. Just because I'm holding the microphone, it's, it's a calling over my life because I could do this anywhere because God has called me to do this. You have a different calling, but you have the same authority because what happened in that moment, him being healed in his home through a telephone, that wasn't because Chino's holy and he got it all figured out and he fasts 46 times a day. No, bro. It's because I have the very same Holy Spirit that you have inside of you. I got the signet the very same way that you have the signet. You have the ring, meaning that God has given you authority for those who believe Mark chapter 16 verse 15 they will cast out demons they will lay hands on the sick and if they have any disease they will recover they will speak in new tongues anything that they drink or take upon them will by no means hurt them that God has given us this promise yo we all have authority sitting inside of us but for some of us we just sit there and we're trying to break the freaking window and we're like trying to hold it and you're lifting up the car when God told you get rid of that clunker bro I gave you a brand new car jump into the car that I've given you stop living in your normal and your dysfunction stop living in your complacency and in your comfort zone and step out of this bubble stop trying to make so much money and become such a big thing at the end of the day because you're going to give it back to the church and step into the calling that I have given you do what I'm asking you to do because when you do that your success will never be determined by your results by what you do it's always going to be determined by your obedience
It's in the saying, I got the signet ring. So when I'm at Walmart, I see somebody with a brace on their hand. Yo, I'm going to pray for them. Yesterday, or the day before yesterday, I got a phone call. Uh, Carlos, we love you so much. And Jennifer, we love that family, the Figueroa's. And he called me and he had an incident where he's a police officer. He's the personal, he's on personal detail with Keisha Bottoms, which I don't know how long she's the mayor, but I know that there's a new mayor. I don't know. But he's the personal police for her, the Atlanta mayor. And he has MS or, and he was, he had a really strong bout with it and he was in the hospital and God healed him. He's going to tell a story and we're going to do a testimony. You're going to record it so that you can hear it. Like, I mean, it's pretty crazy, but in his dealing, he went to the fire department. I mean, to the firing squad, firing squad. No, that's where they kill you. He went to the, to the gun range because he needed to do, he didn't go to the firing squad. I love you, Carlos butchered that, but he went to the, to the, to the gun range because he had to do a test. And when he went to go do the test, his MS flared up a little bit. There were some uh, different things that happened. But, and he, he failed the test by two points. I mean, by nothing. He's going to go take the test again. And in Jesus' name, he's going to pass it. But he failed it by nothing. He's going to pass that test. But what happened is that he started to feel down. And he ended up going to his office. And when he goes to the office of the department where he's at, probably butchering the story, but you, you know I love you. He went to the office of the department where he was at and his lieutenant has a conversation with him. And he tells the lieutenant, hey, sir, how are you feeling? And the lieutenant said, well, I have, you know, I have an issue with my back. And my back is hurting. And I, oh, I think it was his knee. Oh, my knee is hurting. And, you know, I just haven't been able. I got this injury that I've had forever and I just can't get over this pain. And Carlos, who has been coming to the church, who has been watching, has taken the things that we've talked about seriously. He actually believes that these things can happen. He understands that he has a signet ring, that he has the family's name, that he carries authority. He said, can I pray for you? He laid his hands on his knees and he said, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal him. What he has been taught, he delivered. And at that very moment, the lieutenant was like, yo, what the heck? I don't feel anything. I feel like my knee is brand new. And he got healed at that very moment. At Carlos's worst moment where he felt so down, like oh man I failed the test I'm a mess MS has flared up they had to carry him out of the gun range because his legs weren't working but yet he laid his hands on somebody because of the authority of God so stop allowing for yesterday to stop you from doing what God has called you to do I believe that God has put authority inside of you and I'm not gonna preach this message to tickle ears and have you filled up so that you can be fat sheep my desire is that you would be spilled sheep that you would get yourself filled up and spilled out that you would begin to re produce sheep whether you're at work whether you're at school whether you're with your family that you understand that the very authority that I just mentioned God has stored up inside of you because of the Holy Spirit he puts the signet ring on him the authority but then he says I want you to go and get sandals now understand that the sandals this means that he is no longer a slave he has messed up he has lost his authority he has lost everything that he has. He has lost his signet ring because he walks in there. He looks just like the people of the world. He looked just like the people of the city because if I'm honest with you, there's no way on this green earth that you would allow somebody with a signet ring who comes from a royal family who has sandals on their feet to feed pigs. But he has lost all of that because of sin. And here it is that the father is restoring it back to him. And he tells him, I, I want you to go and I want you to get some sandals and put the sandals on his feet. And I want you to understand that when you put sandals on your feet, only the slaves were walking around barefooted. But it was here that you see a picture of God. Yeah. 
because I know that I've made so many mistakes. And I know for some of us, we hear the word slave and it sounds something completely different. We relegate it to what's being called or what looks like a color or a skin color or something that happened in the United States of America. But before there were ever slaves in the United States of America, not minimizing it at all. But I want you to understand that we were slaves way before then. And for some of us, though we have an emancipation proclamation, we have rights, we have businesses, we're helping people to come out of the darkness. We're doing all of these things. We're still living in slavery because every single time that we scroll through Instagram and our little emotions bubble up, we find ourselves watching pornography till three o'clock in the morning. As a slave, you have no help at that very moment. You've got no strength to stop yourself and you're falling into these things. For some of us, we got bad news and the depression and the anxiety begins to circle in your mind. And now you're a slave to anxiety because you can't even get out of bed because of how messed up you feel. And I'm like, man, I just feel, and it's like you're, you're under slavery. They're telling you, your, your, your feelings tell you where to go or where not to go. Your feelings begin to tell you, hey, you can't do that anymore because you messed up. And all of a sudden we become slaves to sin. For a lot of us, we've made so many mistakes in our life for so long that the very things that we hate doing, we do them. And it feels like we can't get out of that thing. Because every time I get mad or I get frustrated, I got to punch a hole in the wall. Or I got to scream at you. Or I got to throw you against the wall. And I don't know, I can't control this thing. You're a slave. That thing has mastery over you. I don't put this on anybody. God bless y'all. As a pastor, I could give you advice. But I don't listen to any secular music. The only reason why I do that personally myself is because whenever I listen to music, it'll transport me in a second. Like, I mean, if I just put the song on, I'm back in 1997 singing Nobody. I mean, it just, as soon as it comes on, my mind's telling me no, it just boom. I'm like, how did I end up back in 93? What just happened right now? What? I don't want anything that can take over me like that. I don't want anything that I can't stop from doing that. So what'll happen though, is that if you would allow for God, not only to put the best robe on you, I'm righteous. Yo, that's hard for you to say. It's hard for me to say, but it's true. It's biblical. I'm righteous. Yo, I am the righteousness of God. He who knew no sin became sin so that I can become the righteousness of God. I'm going to look myself in the mirror and I'm going to say, bro, you are the righteousness of God. You don't need to do that. Not only that, but you begin to carry that signet ring and the authority that God has vested inside of you. You start walking into spaces and you say, that sin will no longer master this household. That generational curse will no longer follow me. I'm not going from relationship to relationship, from job to job. I'm breaking that now in the mighty name of Jesus. And you understand that you got sandals on your feet, that the world no longer has control on you that I don't care what prophet Fauci says about what he says that he doesn't have control over your life that he cannot dictate whether you and your family are going to have a cookout or not whether you're going to celebrate Christmas or not I don't care how many gifts are sitting in a cargo ship somewhere outside I'm celebrating Jesus Christ I'm celebrating the resurrected king I am not going to be dictated by what other people are doing or what other people are saying now, all of these things sound great and dandy, but how did they come about? I want to show you something because I think this is the most beautiful part of this scripture. He says, I want you to go and I want you to put the best robe on him. I want you to put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And then he says, and bring me the fatted calf and kill it. The very reason why we can actually step into righteousness, into authority, 
into sonship or daughtership, the very reason we can is because at the very foundation of the earth, God had a calf or God had a lamb. That before you ever committed sin, before you ever stepped outside of, your, of what God determined for you to step outside of, before you ever did any of those things, God was preparing this lamb. He was preparing, the Bible is very, I love the way that Jesus says it because he says, prepare the fatted calf. He didn't say just go grab a baby calf or just go grab a calf. He said the fatted calf. Let me explain to you what that means. That means that they've been preparing and they've been feeding this calf for a little while for this very moment. They've been preparing it for a celebration. They've been preparing it for a fun moment. This man took all his father's earning. This man went and and paired himself to the citizens of that world. For lack of better words, he was out there living his life, his best life. He spent everything. He got broke. He was about, he was touching pigs. He was feeding pigs. That's not a good celebration. That's not the reason why we've been having this fatted calf. That's not the reason why we've been filling it. We've been waiting for somebody to have a baby. We've been waiting for somebody to come out of the hospital. We've been waiting for somebody to get married. But yet the father says, go and get the fatted calf. The one that we've been preparing. The one that at the very beginning of the earth, in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible, when man had falled away, at the very moment, he speaks to the woman. And he speaks to the, to the, to the snake. And he says, I will put enmity in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. I didn't give you the notes, but I got it. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Watch what 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 17 21 says, you call out to God for help and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and he won't let you get by by sloppy living. Your life is a journey and you must travel it with deep consciousness of God. It's it costs God plenty to get you out of the dead end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacrificial blood, you know. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial, sacrificial lamb. Look what it says. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. And this was no afterthought. This wasn't just something that just happened because it happened. Even though it has, it has only lately at the end of the age become public knowledge, God always knew he was going to do this for you. It was because of this sacrifice Messiah whom God has raised from the dead and glorified that you trust God and that you have a future in God. Before you were ever a thought, there was a fatted calf a fatted lamb that was being prepared for you before the foundations of the earth the reason why you can have Jesus's righteousness the reason why you can carry his authority the reason why you can carry the sandals on your feet was because God prepared Jesus to be that fatted calf and he killed him for you because it was Jesus who he was speaking about his own self go get him the best robe get him the signet ring not only get him the signet ring, put some sandals on his feet hey Go get me the fatted calf. You know, little Billy we've been feeding, the one in the back, the fat one. Bring him. Jesus was speaking about himself. That his sacrifice, that he was the one that would be able to give you all of these things that we talk about. From the foundations of the earth. Yo, this should free some people. Man, if you're here watching, if you're online, listen to this. Before you ever took your first step, before you ever committed your first sin, Christ Jesus was already in place to be a sacrifice for your sins whether you accept it or you don't 
that's how much he loves you. That whether you say, I will take that or I will reject that, it's for you. It was crazy because I don't remember who was talking about the bus ticket. Was it the lady, Lisa, Elizabeth? I think she was talking about the bus ticket. I think it just, if, if I'm sorry, if you go to the World Series, shout out to the Braves. God's team is the Marlins, but whatever, go Braves. If you, if you have a World Series ticket, World Series ticket, and somebody gives it to you, which might, what are we talking about, 1500 Like all the way at the top, nosebleed, standing section only? Yeah, you get to drink water from the water fountain. 1500 but, but but you're giving this ticket whether you go to the game or you don't that ticket's yours whether you decide to honor it nobody's gonna sit in your seat that seat belongs to you that ticket belongs to you can I tell you that the, the fatted calf has been slain the righteousness the authority the sonship of God that it belongs to you because of the fatted calf that was slain before the foundations of the earth on a day like today some of us we hear these stories and we understand that we're clothed in righteousness and we're walking as best as we can we, we understand the authority that God has given us and we've stepped out in, in faith and believed that God is with us and we've seen God do the miraculous we understand that we are sons that we are heirs to the kingdom we understand the sacrifice that was given by the lamb but there's a couple of groups that are here and some of us are the ones that we've taken everything that the father has given us we've taken the robe we've taken the authority we've taken the sonship and even the fatted calf who was slain for us and we still left home whether it was the pandemic whether it's just been time slowly but surely you watched yourself just drift farther and farther from home I want to let you know that there's redemption for you that the fatted calf, that the blood that it was shed, that it wasn't just for a party, but for all of eternity. That that sacrifice is still available to cover your sins. That you can turn back, that you can come to yourself and that God will put the robe that you once had, he'll put it right back on you. He, he'll put the signet ring, you'll get that signet ring back. You'll get the sandals on your feet and you'll become a son or a daughter again because of the sacrifice of the fatted calf, because of the sacrifice of Jesus. For some of us, we've been gone for so long, we have never had a relationship with Jesus. We want to take the first step. How do I even encounter that Jesus? The Bible says it very simply in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that you shall be saved. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead that you shall be saved. Now here's what I would love to do. I want to give you an opportunity. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater.